Welcome to Stories of Rune Terra. My name is Guy Black, or Raven Hood on the interwebs, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Rune Terra by Riot Games. The Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe filled with tragic tales worthy of philosophical musing. Each week, we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Runeterra off of the Riot Games universe site. Think of this as an audiobook project of League stories and lore. This week and next week, we're going to take a short detour from our thematic uh, champions and do a listener request. And so this week, we'll be doing Kale the Righteous. Next week... Morgana, the Fallen. And now for my really terrible attempt at an impression. No human is perfect, but I am not human. Born to a Targonian aspect at the height of the Rune Wars, Kale honored her mother's legacy by fighting for justice on wings of divine flame. She and her twin sister Morgana were the protectors of Demacia for many years, until Kale became disillusioned with the repeated failings of mortals and abandoned this realm altogether. Still, legends are told of her punishing the unjust with her fiery swords, and many hope she will one day return. Now for the biography of Kale. As the Rune Wars raged, Mount Targon stood as a beacon against the oncoming darkness. Kale and her twin sister Morgana were born beneath that light. Their parents, Mihira and Kilam, began the perilous climb in search of the power to save their tribe from destruction. Even when Mihira learned she was with child, she pushed onward. At the mountain's summit, she was chosen as a divine vessel for the aspect of justice, wielding a sword that blazed with a fire brighter than the sun. Not long after, the twins were born. Kale, the elder by a breath, was as bright as Morgana was dark. But Mahira had become a fearsome warrior, far greater than any mortal. Kilam began to fear her new divinity and the sorceress enemies that were drawn to her light. He resolved to take the girls out of harm's way, journeying across the Conqueror's Sea to a settlement where the land itself was said to offer protection against magic. In their new homeland, Kilam raised the twins, their temperaments growing more different with each passing day. Kale was precocious, often arguing with the settlement's leaders about their rules. She had no real memory of her mother's powers, but she knew the laws were meant to keep all safe. Her father rarely spoke of such things, but Kale was certain Mahira had saved them by ending the Rune Wars on some distant battlefield. When the twins were teenagers, a streak of flame split the sky. A sword, smoldering with the celestial fire, struck ground between Kale and her sister, breaking in two. Kilam was distraught when he recognized the blade as Mahira's. Kale eagerly snatched up one half of the weapon, feathered wings springing forth from her shoulders, and Morgana cautiously followed her example. In that moment, Kale felt more connected to her mother than ever, certain that this was a sign she was alive and wanted her daughters to follow the same path as her. 
The people of the settlement believed the girls had been blessed by the stars, destined to protect the fledgling nation of Demacia from outsiders. These winged protectors became symbols of light and truth and were revered by all. Kale fought in many battles, flying at the head of the growing militia and imbuing the weapons of the worthy with her own sanctified fire. But in time, her pursuit of justice began to consume her, seeing threats within and without. She founded a judicator order to enforce the law and hunted down rebels and reavers with equal fervor. But there was one person she softened her judgment toward. To the dismay of her followers, Kale allowed Morgana to rehabilitate wrongdoers who appeared humble enough to admit their guilt. Kale's protege, Rona's, was the most disapproving of all. He swore to do what Kale would not and attempted to imprison Morgana. Kale returned to find the people rioting and Rona's dead. Consumed by rage, she looked down upon the city and summoned her divine fire to cleanse the city of its sins. Morgana flew up to meet her, raising her blade. If Kale was to purge the darkness she saw in mortal hearts, she would have to start with her own sister. The two battled across the heavens, each matching the other's terrible blows and striking the buildings beneath them to rubble. Abruptly, the fight was halted by their father's anguished cry. Kale watched Kilam die in her sister's arms, a senseless victim of the violence that had overtaken the city that day. Then she held the two halves of their mother's sword in her hands, and vowed she would never again let mortal emotions rule her. As she leapt back into the sky, soaring high above the clouds, she felt she could almost see Mount Targon beyond the horizon, its formidable peak bathed red by the setting sun. There she would seek perfect celestial clarity. There she would stand at her mother's side and fulfill her legacy to the aspect of justice. Though she has been absent from Demacia for many centuries, Kale's legend has inspired much of the kingdom's culture and law. Grand statues and icons of the winged protector give strength to the heart of every warrior who marches to illuminate the night and banish all shadows from their land. In times of strife and chaos, there are many who cling to the hope that Kale might eventually return, and others who pray that such a day will never come. And now a short break from our sponsors. 30 seconds count it, we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And today's story of Kale's is entitled In the Fires of Justice, and it is written by Rayla Hyde. I hope that is how you pronounce it. It might be Heidi. I'm not sure. Abrice's stomach tightened into knots 
as she waited on the steps of a shining temple. Standing watch before the temple doors was a statue of the protector. The setting sun silhouetted on its face, casting a radiant aura around its bowed head. It was carved in white stone that sparkled with flecks of gold. Great wings framed its shoulders as it held two swords against its chest. The statue's helmeted expression was blank, austere, more perfect than any human. Hundreds of candles covered the plinth at its feet. Abris leaned his sword and shield against the base of the sculpture. They were as pristine and unmarred as the stone swords above him. He was told that the protector blessed virtuous soldiers of Demacia and felt a strange comfort in its presence. An elderly woman cloaked in white exited the door of the temple. Please, do you have a moment? Abris called out to her. She made her way slowly over to him. The Illuminators always stop for those in need. Tell me, what do you seek here? Her voice crinkled as she spoke, but her eyes were kind. I... I leave for battle tomorrow, said Abris. He opened and closed his fists, nervous. My sword arm is strong and I'm proud to defend Damasia's honor, but I wonder... How can I claim to be any better than the barbarians invading our lands if I slaughter them just the same? What good are our white walls and resplendent banners if below them we spill their blood as they would ours? Ah, the Illuminator said. Yes, yes. Killing is not to be taken lightly, even as a soldier. Let me tell you a story. She gazed up at the statue. Will you light a candle for her as I speak? Abris knelt and took a flame from one of the votive candles at the statue's feet, using it to light another. The Illuminator's voice cracked with age as she began the story, and Abris was reminded of his late grandmother, who'd often told him myths and histories of their people. He never knew which stories were true and which she had conjured from her own fanciful mind. Long ago, in a land now lost to time and crumbling decay, a cruel king led his people into poverty. During a time of great famine, the king gathered everyone from across the realm into his castle courtyard, and there he declared he would cast aside the old laws in order to end their time of scarcity, as was his right. He took their gilded law book and cast it to the floor, naming himself the law. Whatever rules or decrees he spoke would become law no matter what. Under guise of protecting the people, he announced his first decree. Since there were too many mouths to feed, the king said the elderly had no right to food. They were to be killed, and there was no other way. The starving citizens had no strength left to fight this injustice, and the king's guard forced the elderly folk to line up for the slaughter. The first in line was a man with silver hair who stumbled as he stepped forward. He pleaded with the king, I am a baker, let me bake bread for you and the people, he cried, spare my life. But the king responded, can you be young again? Can you knead muscle back into your broken and sorry limbs? No? 
Well, then there is no redemption for you. And he motioned to his executioner who raised his blade, and the baker's head rolled to the floor. How deplorable, said Abris, interrupting the Illuminator. Did no one resist the king's new laws? The Illuminator smiled. Well, thankfully there was one who stood against this grave injustice. Our immortal protector had not been seen in this land for centuries, but perhaps extreme injustice sends ripples that echo far beyond the realms unknown. In any case, at this moment, she appeared. The heavens opened with a blinding light as if the stars themselves had focused all their beams in one place. The protector emerged, wondrous and terrifying in her majesty. She confronted the cruel king, who stood as still as stone in her sight. No king stands above the statutes of the law, she declared. Speak thy name and prepare for judgment. I am not merely above the law, winged beast. I am the law. With a nod, he motioned for his guards to advance. They did so in unison, raising their spears to the sky as one. Because of me, my people have purpose. My people know their place, and my people thank me for it. The law is justice given form. It is true and fair judgment written ink. It cannot be undone, said the protector. She drew her swords, which blazed with holy fire, filling the air with the scent of truth and punishment. Her wings unfolded, which fanned the flames with great strokes, and soon they too were aflame. It was a fearsome sight to see. You say you lead your people. Now be the first to be judged by my blades, the protector said. The cruel king looked upon the protector's blazing swords and her wings of fire. But most fearful of all was the burning in her eyes, gleaming and grave with uncompromising wrath. He felt like he was staring at the sun, beautiful and terrible in her glory. The king wept in fear. He appealed to the protector's mercy and fell to his knees, pleading at her feet. I can change, the king begged. I now see the error of my ways. I was selfish and corrupt and did not deserve my crown. Let me live and I shall follow the rule of law. The protector watched him with a steely gaze. When he had finished speaking, she drew breath. It is said that her voice in this moment echoed as if the very gods were speaking through her. Can you undo your deeds of injustice, king? asked the protector. Can you unspeak your lies and unmake your false laws against fair and righteous judgment? No. Mm, then there will be no redemption for you. In one quick motion, the protector thrust her burning blade through the king's heart, and he cried out as she impaled him on the gilded law book he had cast to the floor. The law book burst into flame, which burned with terrible heat of the heavens. This was a holy fire, one that would scorch the evil sinners from the land and cleanse the just, leaving them unscathed. The cruel king screamed as the protector's fire burned his guards and councilmen, his executioner and his servants. The fire did not stop as it spread throughout the land, fueled by the lies of the false king and his wicked followers. 
The survivors forever remembered this day of glory. Uh, for the ashes of their society, they were given a chance to rebuild in justice and honor. And if the land ever returned to unlawful chaos, they were certain the protector would descend from the heavens once more. The Illuminator smiled down at a breeze. We must all act with virtue and honor, she said, from kings to bakers, servants to soldiers, for no one is above the law and no one is above justice. The raiders who attack and invade our southern borders are lawless and malevolent. With every breath as they march forward, they threaten the safety of our land. Your role as a shield for Demacia is a great honor and a just endeavor, and the protector looks kindly upon those with justice in their hearts. Aye, said Abris. He looked to his sword, unblemished by acts of war. He vowed that from his first strike to his last, each would be in the name of justice. If you ever feel uncertain, soldier, think on how the protector would act. If you act with integrity and truth, as the protector would, Surely she will guide your blade, even if you must wet it with blood. The Illuminator bowed and returned to her temple. Abris watched as the candle he had lit flickered in the dark. He stood up to walk back to his camp for the night. As he turned to look toward the statue one last time, he thought he saw the shine of another flame, deep within the stone helmet of the Protector. Oh my goodness. Y'all may not know, but I'm a, I'm a bit of a deep thinker and I love like philosophy and discussion of all that and like whether like things like virtue, honor, justice, love, beauty, truth, those types of things are stuff I love waxing philosophical on. Maybe one day we can get to a place where I can reflect on that kind of stuff with the League of Legends stories, which I think would be super fun. Um... But that's not this day. That being said, thanks for listening in today to Stories of Runeterra. Don't forget to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter with either the hashtag Stories of Runeterra or by messaging me at Ravenhood. Uh, love to hear your feedback. This was a listener's request who got in touch with me that way. I'm going to do more Ghana next week. And then I think I'm going to start picking up some of the ruined king bilge water champions and maybe we'll do a month of that for january we'll do four of those champions one of my mains uh i'm also let me know what you think i'm also playing with the idea of doing like a blog post or series or something on my instagram of conversions of league to dungeons and dragons now i know that riot did that a while back I mainly bring that up because the person that reached out and wanted me to do this series is actually doing their own write-up of Demacia as a League of Legends D&D crossover for their group, which I thought was super dope. And I'm super curious what they come up with. Anyway, I just thought it would be fun if I did something like that too. It wouldn't be anything official with Riot Games or whatever. And it would, it would be, of course, free and available because that's what the legal jargon requires, which I'm fine with. Um, anyway, let me know what you think. And we'll see you Wednesday for our final installment of Shadow and Fortune. 
the Ruined King backstory miniseries. And then next Saturday with Morgana, The Fallen. And I will not be doing the whale from her back in whatever the skin is. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs>